Are you a virtual assistant juggling all the things? You know, inquiries, contracts, payments. It can feel a little overwhelming at times trying to keep up with everything, right? Well, meet your new business BFF, insert HoneyBook. Think of HoneyBook as the upgrade your VA business didn't even know that it needed, taking you from beginner to polished and professional in no time. I've been using HoneyBook since day one of my business, and let me tell you, it's been a lifesaver for this busy mom. It's user-friendly, lets you automate workflows, and my favorite part is that it's completely customizable, so it'll look like it's native to your brand. I know what you're thinking. Do I really need a customer management platform? Well, spoiler alert, yes, you do. It's the secret ingredient that's given my VA business a 98% success rate of turning curious inquiries into solid bookings. Now, here's the deal. You can score an amazing 50% off right now if you use the link in the show notes. That's right. You heard that correctly. 50% off your entire subscription for any plan. And trust me when I say your business deserves the HoneyBook Upgrade. It is so easy. You talked about scrolling earlier to get on Insta and we're scrolling and we're seeing all these things and we'll see, oh, she just joined Kartra. Oh, she just joined Kajabi. Oh, she's using Slidial or she's using this. And it's easy to go, oh, if that's working for her, let me start using that. Let me start using that. And we make this tech stack of automations and systems that just don't work together. And when you do that, it is almost as if you have a tree trunk and you are going around on the ground and picking up leaves and stapling them to your tree in hopes that it looks like growth. It might for a minute, but those leaves are going to die if they're not already dead. Why? Because they're not connected to that internal source, if you will, versus when you build out these things in a way that works for you and your business those leaves will start to sprout on their own and they will have that much more longevity. So you'll actually have a quote, real business. You'll have a real tree. Have you ever felt like society isn't built for moms? Maybe you're a mama with a tiny voice in your head telling you there must be another way to balance it all. You know, working, momming, all the things. Yep, I had it too. And it likely means you're in the right place. Hey, I'm Amanda Rush, a Southern mama with big city sensibilities. I'm the girl that took a daydream and built a profitable virtual assistant business all in the middle of a global pandemic. Now, I work from home alongside some of the biggest bloggers and influencers while running a six-figure agency. Come along as we dive into business, marketing, strategy, and real life as a female entrepreneur. I'm all about simple, easy, actionable steps that get real results. This podcast is for the millennial mom that is ready to kick imposter syndrome and start making money on her own terms. Get ready as we dig in, do the work, and redefine what it means to be a working mom. This is the Millennial Mom Movement. Well, welcome back to another episode of the Millennial Mom Movement Podcast. I am back today with an extra special guest of mine. She is a 
client and also a friend, and her name is Alexis. Alexis is an army wife of 13 years and a homeschool mom to four children ages nine and under. She spent 15 years in network marketing, reaching the top 1% of her company, earning the use of free cars, diamond jewelry, cash bonuses, and of course, leadership trips. She's a global coach, having now taught over a thousand female entrepreneurs in the US, Canada, Australia, and Europe how to use systems to create the thriving home and business of their dreams. Truly a life in rhythm. She believes that you can be successful at home and in your business, not one or the other. And this is why I'm so excited for you guys to listen in on our conversation with Alexis today because this is exactly at the core of what we teach over here at the Millennial Mom Movement. We are all about a life in rhythm and I love watching Alexis in her craft because She not only teaches this, but she truly lives and breathes it when you're watching her Instagram stories, you're seeing her kids in the background, and you can tell that she's living a life of balance. And I think that that is just the most beautiful thing. And neither one, nor her business, nor her life is suffering because of the other. So I am so excited for her to share all of her wisdom and tips and tricks with us of how we can build a thriving business and also still have a thriving home life. Without further ado, here is Alexis. Welcome to the Millennial Mom Movement Podcast. I am so excited for you guys to listen in on today's conversation with an amazing guest who also happens to be a client of ours at the Virtual Assistant Studio. Alexis, welcome. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you. I'm pumped to be here. Good. Well, it's going to be a lot of fun. Alexis, for those of our audience who may not know you, tell us a little bit about you and who you are and your amazing business and just how you got started in the space as well. Sure. So my name is Alexis Greco. I live in southeastern North Carolina. So I have the ocean like a couple miles to my right and the river a couple blocks to my left. I grew up here. I am married to my husband. We just celebrated 13 years. He is in the military. So we are a military family and together we have four children as the time we're recording this, they are ages nine, seven, five, and three, and we homeschool them. So we are very busy. And one of the most fun things for me, and really that brings me so much joy in my life, in addition to my family, is running my business. So I get to work with female entrepreneurs and I show them and coach them through how to scale their business without sacrificing themselves and do it in a way that feels good while you're growing your business. Yeah, and I think that's why we're so aligned in that sense is because we preach the same exact thing over here at the Millennial Mom Movement. You can have both, right? Like you can have your cake and eat it too. And I love that you teach on this and I know you have some really unique strategies that we'll dive into today. But before we do that, I wanna hear what's something surprising that our audience may not know about you or somebody might be like, wait a second, I didn't know that about Alexis. Like, give us the dirty secrets. Okay. So I don't think a lot of people know this, actually. And this is interesting to me, because if you resonate with what I'm about to tell you, chances are you are probably designed to be an entrepreneur. I read a study that said that women who played sports or did what I'm getting ready to share typically are high-earning, high-level entrepreneurs. 
And so what most people might not know about me is I was a competitive piano player up in um, late high school. And I actually ranked second in my state when I competed. And so if you are also a musician and you did it more than just, you know, elementary school here and there lessons, chances are you also develop the skills that now assist you in being an entrepreneur. I think that delayed gratification, the commitment to practice, seeing it through on those hard days. I just found that interesting when I heard about that study. But yes, that's something a lot of people might not know about me. That is very cool. And now that I think about it, I think you're right about the sports aspect because you know, a lot of times we put our kids in like t-ball or something like that, but then they might give up along the way. But those people that stick to their practice and have been playing since they're three years old and whether they go all the way through high school or maybe even into college with it, that takes serious dedication. And I think there are a lot of parallels between that and entrepreneurship. I think about myself. I played softball like literally my entire life, which is funny when people hear that because I'm typically very girly and that's not as girly of a sport as you would think. And yeah, that's so true. So I love that example so much. Yes. I also played softball. So we are just like vibing even more, Amanda. I love you even more. (laughs) I like mom and dad, my dad was the coach and my mom would always joke because like I was like the girliest softball player. Like I would be okay with rolling around in the dirt, but I definitely had like a giant bow in my hair while I rolled around in the dirt. And I was very competitive too. So it was just funny. I love it. Okay. So one of the things that you do differently is you teach on how to grow and scale your business using systems. And I know you have your signature method, literally called the method, which I love. Walk us through like if somebody's in that season of their business where they're like, I think I might be ready to start scaling. How do they know? Like, am I ready to start scaling? Are there some signs that tell me like, Is this a path I need to go down or are there things I need to do? Like walk me through what that looks like for a business owner and how they even know if they're in a position where they can scale. I think this is such a great question. And I do want to share, Amanda and I are connected on Instagram. So if you find me there in the link in my bio is a free 60 second quiz and it will actually let you know, do you need systems? Do you need systems at all? And so one of the reasons that I work with women to do this, and I know who's ready for it and who's not, is some of the things you do need to have in place is you do need to have a proof of concept that's selling. So if you have current clients, you are selling it, you have social proof, you know that like this thing works, people want it, and you're now ready to grow. That is a really great sign that, hey, like, I think I got this. I think I'm ready to do it. Another, and this is so funny because this was unplanned, if you are in a spot that you are ready and willing to hire a virtual assistant, I know the best one in the business, it's Amanda and her team, but you are ready to have that internal support, that's another sign that you are ready to start scaling because you're realizing my time is limited and I can't do it all on my own. Those are some of the beginning telltale signs that like, yes, you are ready to scale this business. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. And I think on your website, you gave an example of a water slide. Like if somebody sits on a water slide and there's no water on the water slide, you're not going to be scooting as in if there's no sales in your business of proof of concept, 
you're probably not going to go down that slide. But even if you have like a little bit of a trickle, you can start to slide down the slide. And then if you turn up the systems aspect, that'll allow you to really start get going. So let's dive into that a little bit. Tell me if somebody's like, okay, I think I'm in a season where I have proof of concept. I have revenue coming into the business. I might even be ready to hire. What are some things that they could do to prepare for the growth before they even like get to that phase of like turning on the water full force? Yes, this is such an interesting question because for those type A organized, you think in a very black and white manner entrepreneur, it is very tempting to go, let me design the entire system. Let me write out all my SOPs, my standard operating procedures, and then I will hire a VA or then I will begin to scale my business. What I have found to be the most valuable is there's three things that every business needs to grow. You need lead generation, you need to master your client experience, and then master client loyalty so people stay with you longer. When you know that those are the basics, then you can build those systems as they come to get ready for that growth. Meaning, as you're onboarding people and you go, gosh, I really need a welcome email for them, great build that system then, right? And then as they're coming in and you realize, gosh, my clients don't know where to find the Zoom link. They're missing the questionnaire. Great, build that system then. This allows the system to be fully customized to you. Now, yes, there are like the basics that we need in place, but if you are just starting this business and you're ready to scale, for most of us, your time is limited. So I would rather you spend your time with your current paying clients, serving them with excellence and selling your product, selling your service. And then we will know along the way, oh, we need an onboarding system. Great. Let's work on that. Oh, we need XYZ. Great. Let's work on that. So it's a little bit of that ebb and that flow. And you'll go through those seasons. I call it sometimes you have to slow down to speed up. It's just part of business. Scaling doesn't mean zero to 100 in a straight line. It probably means a little bit up, a little plateau, a little bit up, a little plateau. And that's where you're working on the business, not necessarily in it. Oh, I love that so much. And I like the example of you're not going from zero to 100 because I think a lot of times, especially in the online business world, like let's say you sit down and you start scrolling Instagram late at night and you might see, I made $100,000 today and somebody's showing like their Stripe account, like a screenshot of it. And you're like, oh my gosh. And they're like, this is how you scale. And you're like, wow, like how do I get to that? It's like, it seems like it's a straight line, but in reality, it's not right. Like you go up a little bit, you plateau, and that's probably where you're working internally to refine some of those systems. Then you go up a little bit again, and then you might plateau. You might even see a little bit of a dip sometimes too. And then you go back up. And I think being okay with that is extremely important as a as an online business owner too. You mentioned two things in speaking that I want to touch on, really refining the client experience and also client loyalty. Can you tell me like a little bit about what that means to you and kind of what that looks like and how you can think through that? Specifically if you're like thinking in a service-based business, what no matter what niche you're in. Yes. So Let's say, like you said, we're in a service-based business. Let's talk about client experience. Let's talk about client loyalty. 
And I'll start with the second first. Most of you have probably heard the studies that it costs five times more to gain a new client than it does to keep a current one. So if we start from there and we work our way backwards, we want to offer an incredible client experience within the boundaries of what you can actually show up and do. And so while it is going to look different for everyone, if you are brand new to thinking through this, I usually recommend start back and tell me about a client experience where you hired someone for a service and it was incredible. Write those things down. What did you love about it? And on the flip side, you can probably think of an experience you had that was not so incredible and write those things down. So then you get to say, here's what is important to me. Here's what I want to offer my clients. Here are the things that I want to make sure we don't do or we skip over. And so, you know, let's say part of what's important to you is that your clients know where to get on the Zoom link. They know how to submit their homework. They know how to navigate your CRM, finding their portal videos. Then in your client experience, in creating that, you might create some one-minute Loom videos on, hey, this is where you find this. This is how you update your payment information. This is where you find the Zoom link. And you might include that in their weekly emails. If you are already doing those things, I just want to virtually (laughs) pat you on the back and applaud you because it is important to know that not everyone does that. Not all clients of online services, coaching, whatever that might be, not everyone gets that experience. And so if you're already doing those things, chances are you're already playing above the game. And if you wish to elevate it more, what else could you do? Could you do a happy birthday card? Could you do a, hey, it's your three-month anniversary being in our program? Like just thinking through what is going to set you apart from everyone else, because you're probably not the only one doing what you do. And that is directly related to your client loyalty. Yeah, I agree. And sometimes I like to take a page out of other businesses' playbooks that aren't in our industry. So for instance, like one of my favorite stores to shop at is J. Crew, And every year at my birthday, J. Crew sends in the mail like a birthday card, like an actual birthday card. And then they send like a coupon or something like that with it. Obviously, you know, drive traffic back to their store. But I always think that that's such a great example of a high-touch client experience that you probably automate, I'm sure, 100%. But it keeps them like top of mind and it makes me feel special. And it's examples like that that, like you said, are a little bit outside the box. But that's what keeps clients sticking around because they're like, oh, they care about me. It keeps you top of mind. It keeps you, again, with the coupon coming back. And it doesn't have to be a discount of services. It could be anything. It could even be like a complimentary strategy call because you hit your three-month anniversary and and whatever that looks like. So I love that so much. Can I share one more thing on that? Please do. Okay. So y'all know I'm here to talk systems, right? That's like how my mind works. And if you're thinking, Yeah, I'd love to send a birthday card. One, know that there are companies that will handwrite them automated for you, like pay for it in advance, they'll do that. Let's say you want to send like a welcome box. Here's what gets really cool is you can repurpose your client experience so that it reaches other people. So for example, let's say you were to send like a gift box when someone joins your mastermind or your program. What are 
eight out of 10 women going to do. They're going to share it on their social media and they're going to tag you. So you are now extending your reach to other people going, where is she getting this from? And if you're thinking in your mind, love that Alexis, but how do I pay for that? Build it in, build it in. So if that means on their first payment that comes through, you or your VA need to pull out $50 from that first payment and put it in a gifts account, then make that a system, make that a process. But when you make those things a priority, people are going to notice and it's going to double down on the effects of what you're doing. Yeah. Like you just advertised J. Crew. They're not even paying you for that. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I think you're so right because I think about myself, like my ad agency will send me cupcakes randomly and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so fun. I'll like take a Instagram story and tag them because it's exciting and fun. And you're right. Like that's the perfect way to market your business. And then somebody else is like, wait, who's this ad agency? Like how cool is this? I also want cupcakes for X, Y, and Z. So yeah, I love that idea. We use a company, I think it's called Postable for sending the handwritten cards and it's not super expensive. So if you're looking for like a place to go check out, I don't have like a code or anything, but I can put the link in the show notes. They're a good one to use and it's very easy to navigate to. Okay. So let's walk through, I know we talked through the loyalty part. Let's talk through like the onboarding process and just how we can sort of elevate that in a sense to make sure that it's super streamlined and doesn't take a ton of time. Because I think when we're talking in terms of services, a lot of times it's that onboarding process that takes a bulk of the time. Do you have any tips and tricks for service-based businesses that are like, I want to customize this and make it feel super personable, but I don't know how to automate that? Yes. If someone was asking me this question in the DMs, this is genuinely how I would answer them. I would literally say, I have an incredible VA. Please let me send her to you. And here's why. So this is my actual story. I will, and I actually just did it right before we hopped on recording for something else, but I will email Amanda and I will say, I, I what's the last one I did was like a welcome email. I said, I want it to include this, this, and this. I want these pictures. I'll go in and edit this blurb. Can you put this here? And she made it beautiful. She made it gorgeous. And so now when someone joins, I'll just pop that over to them. And that's a fully automated thing so they can get started right away. When I'm talking to entrepreneurs, usually we fall into one of two categories, especially online service. You are either type A, black and white, as is my mind, or you are a creative. And that is your superhuman strength. But also the idea of thinking of automations and systems is like, like you do not want to do that. And so either way, I think we do need that internal support. And so, for instance, when do you want me to walk through like exactly what that looks like? Is that helpful, Amanda? That's perfect. So like you can let's say you can set it up. So when someone pays, they sign up for your program. Amanda can do this. Her agency, if you love systems, you could do this for yourself. They can connect it so that they're automatically added to the email list They get the onboarding email, they get the welcome email, and they're set up in that sequence of emails. So once they pay, like, sure, you might send them a congratulations DM because you knew they were heading there, but all of that is taken care of. And what that does for that client, it is almost like a confidence boost of like, yes, I made the right decision. Here are my next steps. You know, we talked about if we have experiences that we don't love, 
I remember early on in my online career, I joined something. I don't even remember what it was. And it was like four days before I got a welcome something. And in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, shoot, maybe this wasn't the right decision. Was this like a scam? Like she didn't send me anything? Like we want to give that client as much confidence as possible in what you're doing. Absolutely. And I think communication truly is key because a lot of times we assume like, like you gave the example of the Zoom, like, oh, they know where the Zoom link is. It's in the calendar invite. Well, like maybe they don't. Maybe they're looking in their inbox. So sort of handholding through that process, I feel like a lot of times seems like simple and like a no brainer, but really helps to elevate that client experience. Okay. So let's talk through next steps for if somebody is wanting to go into that phase of, okay, I'm ready to scale. I know that I need to implement some systems. What are like a couple things that you feel like they need to have in place other than those three things that we talked about already, or maybe like some tools that could help them in order to actually go through scaling a business, increasing leads, start to operate at a higher level? I want to answer this first with a visual and then kind of go into the tangible. It is so easy. You talked about scrolling earlier to get on Insta and we're scrolling and we're seeing all these things and we'll see, oh, she just joined Kartra. Oh, she just joined Kajabi. Oh, she's using Slidial or she's using this. And it's easy to go, oh, if that's working for her, let me start using that. Let me start using that. And we make this tech stack of automations and systems that just don't work together. And when you do that, it is almost as if you have a tree trunk and you are going around on the ground and picking up leaves and stapling them to your tree in hopes that it looks like growth. It might for a minute, but those leaves are going to die if they're not already dead. Why? Because they're not connected to that internal source, if you will. Versus when you build out these things in a way that works for you and your business, those leaves will start to sprout on their own and they will have that much more longevity. So you'll actually have a quote, real business. You'll have a real tree. Practically, some of the beginning things that you do need to have is I would say a lead magnet. Something that if someone wants to take a step closer to you, you are collecting their name and their email. It's almost as if they're raising their hand going, I'm interested in what you're talking about. Like they took a seat in the back of your conference room and they want to listen to what you have. And then in that, you can, through an email sequence, introduce them to maybe your offer suite or your main offer. And I almost visualize it as if someone is walking down this long hallway with all these conference rooms kind of off to the side and they hear your voice aka they somehow come across you on social media or they hear about you and they go, oh, I want to hear what she has to say. And they quietly sneak in the back of the room. That's them picking up your lead gen offer going, let me hear. And then maybe if you, let's say you have a low ticket item, they're like, yeah, I think I'll try that. They're moving up a couple of rows. And before you know it, if it's a good fit for them, they could be sitting front row and center invested into your 12-month, 20K mastermind, whatever it might be, because that was their journey of getting up to you. So, you know, as they're moving forward in those rows, we're building systems to serve them. Because if you're six months in versus if you're six years in, 
you're going to need different systems. So let's build them as they come for these clients. But the first is we have to get them in the room. So if you don't have some sort of lead gen something where you are building your email list, I would recommend that to be the very first thing. I know you didn't ask this, but it's a common conversation that social media is rented space. So Instagram and Facebook and TikTok, all of them, they could go down tomorrow. And if they do, do you have a way to contact your clients? So I use the term own loosely, but when you have an email, when you have a phone number, you own that prospect or client information. It is vital, vital that you have an email list and you're consistently building that. 100% agree. If I could like just put my hands up in like the praise mode. Yes. But I love the analogy of you gave with the tree trunk because I think that that is super important, specifically when we're trying to think about the tech stack because I think a lot of times we think the tools are the key to our success. And while, yes, they are handy and they're helpful, choosing which tool you want to use is not going to make or break your business because you could, it's just a tool at the end of the day. It's all about how you're using the tool to work for your business and then thinking through that client journey is so important. Do you have a favorite way to drive traffic to that initial lead magnet and then through your funnel? Because I know you talked about the lead magnet and then a lower ticket offer and then bringing them probably through content creation, serving them well into a higher ticket offer. But if somebody's like, okay, I get that, but how do I get them to the funnel? What advice do you have? Honestly, right now, and it's been my favorite for a while, is a free quiz. So someone that does free quizzes really, really well is Jenna Kutcher. If you just Google Jenna Kutcher quiz, go take her one of her quizzes. She has like a secret sauce one, all these things. Take her quiz for the pure aspect of what does it feel like as a prospect. And honestly, you can build out a lot of the way you do your quiz like hers And if you were just to search free quiz generator, you can find a bunch that are online, but I love it because usually they're quick, they're easy. So the person likes it, you know, like a Cosmo quiz. We all want to know whatever about ourselves. And if you were listening carefully, it was not an accident that I already told you about my free systems quiz. And so it is something that's easy to weave into conversations like, hey, are you thinking that? you may or may not need systems, you can take that quiz in my link in my bio and it's there. But since we're having this behind the curtain conversation, I am having you take that quiz because it tells me you want to see in the back of my room and you may end up piecing out and that's fine. But it allows me to say this person's interested in a very gentle, non-threatening way. And I think that's what we can do for our prospects is offer them that of like, hey, do you want to know if what I can do, I can help you? Great. Here's a free quiz. I love quizzes. They're wonderful. Me too. Who doesn't love a good like Cosmo quiz? It brings me back to like my childhood days when you would flip through like an actual paper magazine and like circle things and stuff. It's so fun. Yeah. And Jenna Kutcher does a great job with her quizzes. She has a few different ones. I believe she uses the platform Interact and I've used it myself and it's very easy to like create the quiz and then publish it where you need to, which I think is helpful because sometimes people think, oh gosh, like this must be so complicated or I couldn't possibly know how to do this. 
And a lot of times, like, it's much easier than you think. You just have to kind of, like, sit down and play with it a little bit. And usually, like, what you can't find on their website, you can probably find on, like, YouTube University, you know? (laughs) Yes. Okay, so a lot of times we hear the gurus talk about things like manifestation and that we need to just wish that something will happen and then it will. And not discrediting any of that, but while we wait for the woo to kick in, what are some tips that you can give our audience to start implementing systems and their business that will help increase revenue specifically? I know that you are listening to this on a podcast, and so you probably can't see most of the video here. I was like smiling ear to ear while Amanda was saying that. Because this is one of those things that I can easily get on my soapbox about. And so while I know that manifestation, it can work for some people and that is their key to success, what I also know is I have been on the teams of those that preach manifestation and the woo. And what I do know is that yes, they are bringing in 100K months and yes, they have a full team of support. They do. And so they have people running email sequences. They have people running promos, running workflows, setting up quizzes, doing all of the behind the scenes. And so one of the things that I will frequently say is simply manifesting a 100K launch. It's not going to work. Like just digging deep for your inner truth. It does not always mean it's going to land you an inbox full of prospects. And so how do we increase revenue if we're choosing or waiting on the woo and the manifestation to work? I think you have to be one, extremely clear on what your clients will get when they work with you, exactly what they will get. And I'll be honest, it will change as your business grows. And there was a long period of time that I was good with what I said my clients would get. I didn't love it. In fact, every time I tweaked it, I'd like email Amanda. I'm like, can you update this? I'd email my sales page person. Can you update this? Because I kept refining it and I kept refining it. So just know if you don't have that thing by the time you're done listening to this podcast, it is okay. You can still sell. You can still serve your clients with integrity and with honesty. It might just take some time. But when you know I provide X, Y, and Z, then you can go preach that from the mountaintops. And if we were sitting knee to knee, toe to toe for coffee, I would have the heart to heart with you that if you do not have the confidence to preach that from the mountaintops, do you really believe it? Oh, that's good. Right? Like, do you really believe that? And if you don't, that's okay. That's okay. But we need to figure out what you do believe. Because you need to be able to go and speak that in a way that people are bought in. Because we know as women, if someone has hesitation about something, we feel it. Like we pick up the energy. And so how are we increase our revenue? Listen, it might not go crazy fast. You might not have a $100,000 day. I'm just (laughs) in case you didn't know that it might not happen. It might, but it might not. But if you can serve one person because you know exactly what you do, It is brick by brick by brick. And before you know it, you will look behind you and there will be a huge brick wall. 
because you know how you're serving people. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. And I couldn't agree more. I think the faster you can refine that message, the better off you'll be because then you're in a rinse and repeat situation and you're able to build that wall faster. Like you already know how to lay the bricks. So it it goes by faster over time. There's so many things that you said that I want to touch on that I'm like, oh my gosh, this is all so good. Okay. For somebody that's like, okay, I get that. I'm like ready to do the work and get started. What advice would you give them? Like, let's say that you turned back the clock and you were in that position and that was you. What advice would you give to like yourself in that position? Hold on to your scrappiness. Like you might be the quote smallest person in the room, but chances are you have a scrappiness and you have a grit about you and that will serve you. Like just releasing all of the extra junk that we think we need. No, you need to know how do you serve your client? Great. You know that? You believe it? Now go serve them. Go talk about it. It's interesting coming from a systems person. They don't care how many modules. They don't care when the reminder comes. They don't care that This is how you blah, blah, blah. What they do care about is the transformation that they're going to get. And when you know that, that's what we call selling. You have to have water in the water slide. Just build the water slide as you go. Like be scrappy about it and say, you know what? I don't know all the answers, but what I do know is I believe this and I will stand behind it and I will serve my clients in that way. And it might not be next week and it honestly might not be next year. But if you believe that and you keep serving those people, it will come. Like, stay a little scrappy. I I think that's okay. I think so too. I like to think we're a little scrappy in our business. I think a lot of times as an outsider looking in at other people's businesses, we assume like they have all the things and all the tech stacks and all the systems and like no a lot of times people are just like you they're figuring it out as they go they're building the systems as they go they probably don't even have SOPs like they're literally just figuring it out too they might just be like a month a year you know two years ahead of you but they're doing the same thing and so I think in that sense of okay I'm going to keep my head down I know who I serve I know how I help them and focusing on that transformation. I love too that you talked about the feeling that somebody is going to have and the transformation because I think a lot of times we focus on the product itself. And while that is important and you do need to have a product that is proven and that gets results, a lot of times people are less interested in how many modules is in your course and more about what result are they going to get at the end of that. And so I think going back to what you said and really nailing down who it is that you serve and how you help them and being very clear about that. That truly is the secret to being able to increase revenue. And then you can build those systems as you go. I think we don't share these types of stories enough. So my brother-in-law sells garage doors. And when he's selling garage doors, he is not saying, look at this spring, look at this nut and bolt. He is selling Think of these beautiful homes with the beautiful garage doors, wood, glass, black, white, however you can imagine it. And that's why we buy them, right? Yes, our cars are protected, our homes are protected, but it looks good. So 
I'm going to be very honest. My last launch that I did for my last cohort, I sold nuts and bolts and I sold springs. And do you want to know how many spots I sold in that cohort? Absolutely none. And it, it was a hit to me, to my ego. I was like, what is wrong with me? Like, don't people see what kind of springs are on these groups? Because I know that it's the best in the business. And within 10 days, 10 days of saying, oh my gosh, Alexis, people don't care about the springs. They just want to know how the garage door looks. We sold three. We sold three spots within 10 days of changing that messaging because people care about the transformation. They don't care what the behind, I mean, they're going to ask questions probably, but they just want to know, like, is it going to look good? Is it going to feel good? And that, that's what we have to sell. Yeah, 100%. And I feel like a lot of times our audience gives us the answer if we're willing to listen, which like seems like a no brainer. It's like, well, duh. But at the same time, like sometimes we as business owners overthink things like you were talking about the nuts and bolts. We do that too all the time. I'm like, you're going to get this, you're going to get this, you're going to have this support and then this bonus and like all these things. And they're really just like, but I just want to know, like, am I going to like be a virtual assistant at the end of this? And I'm like, oh, well, yeah, obviously like you are like, that was a given, but I didn't even tell you that. I told you about these seven modules that you're going to get. Exactly. Oh, I don't care about that. So yeah, I think that that is so valuable. And I love your honesty and transparency there because when it's brave of you to say like, hey, I tried this and it didn't work. But then I kept going and I tried this other thing and it did work. And a lot of times we don't see that first try. Like we we see the second and third and fourth and fifth, the one that is a success and that we rave about on social media platforms and we use as testimonials on our sales page. But we don't always get to see like the first and second try. So I think that that was really cool. Okay, so let's switch gears a little bit. Alexis has four beautiful children and... She homeschools all of them, which I personally think is so incredible while she's running her business. Tell us, we're going into summer. We have a lot of moms in our audience. Like, what tips and tricks do you have for us? Like, how are you running the business? Obviously, systems help. But also, like, you've got the kids at home with you. Like, what does that even look like? What does a normal day look like for you? And how do you do all of it? Yes. So, Praise the Lord, summer is here. <laughs> so we are done with school. We just finished last week as we're recording this. So when it is school time, when we have that going, our family is different in that my husband will be gone for weeks at a time. And so we kind of have our schedule when he's home and we have our schedule when he's not home. And my oldest is nine and a half. We are just now in the routine of being able to switch easily between the two. Like that took us almost a decade. We, I call it a rhythm. It is a rhythm between running your business and running your home. For me personally, my faith, my marriage, my family, they will trump my business every single time. They will every single time. There is no business success more important to me than sitting on the couch with my three-year-old. It's, it's just how it is for me. So no, that's what I'm coming from. And we schedule almost everything However, we also schedule flexibility and free time into that as well. So for instance, Wednesdays are our reset days. For me, I noticed if I went five days, I was just not a kind person <laughs> by Friday. Like if we're just being, I was just like, I'm done. And so I thought, all right, I need something midweek to say, 
This is our reset day. We don't really do anything on Wednesdays. If I want to work while they're napping or bring in a sitter, great, I will. If I just want to piddle around the house, that's what I'll do. So for working, I do have childcare two days a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays. We're recording this on a Thursday, so there's no kids here. And another thing that I love is a home assistant. And for the longest time, as crazy as it sounds, I was embarrassed slash felt shame about sharing about this because it felt very bougie. Like I have a home assistant. And so while I was at Starbucks this morning working, she was here and she organized all of our summer clothes, put them all in boxes or winter clothes, all in boxes. She made dinner tonight. She folded some laundry. She checked the mail. She'll do things like that around the house. She only comes four hours a week and we pay her fair pay. She's just graduated from college. And so if you need that in your house, I don't care what anyone else thinks. Like you have to do what's best for you and your family. And so I think that is like the overall thing I am a recovering people pleaser. I don't know about anyone else in the audience. And I'm just to the point where I'm like, if you don't agree with what we do, that's okay. But this is what works for us. Like we have Wednesdays off. I have someone help me with my laundry. I have someone help me with meal prep. Otherwise, we're eating frozen pizza. And there are really hard days. It's hard sometimes, you know? And so just that's normal. It's all normal. Like, we're just trying to do our best out here. Those are some things that work for me. I love it. I love that you've created a village of people to help support you and your business. And I'm sure that that allows you to show up so much better in both areas of your life as a mom, as a wife, as a business owner, a leader, being able to serve your own clients. I feel like it just trickles over. I feel the same way sometimes. I feel like shame. We have a house cleaner and they come like every other week. And I've like felt guilty for saying that because I don't know why, but it's like a task to clean the house for like three hours every week. And so with toddlers, you know, they're just messy, tiny little humans. And so I'm like, I just need help mopping the floors. But yeah, there's like shame around. It feels like balance means that we have to do everything perfectly with no help at all. And maybe that's just me personally as also a recovering people pleaser. But I've noticed that like when we invest in those other things, oh my gosh, it just gives you so much peace of mind to know like, okay, I've got childcare on these days. I've got help on these days with this. And then your brain doesn't have to think about it. Like you're not holding that loop trying to think, I need them off the floors. I need them off the floors. Or I need to put the winter clothes away to get the summer clothes out, you know? I think we could figure out a way to clean the house. I also have a house cleaner. We could figure out a way to do all these things. When you slow down and you think about everything that goes on in our minds, it is absolute insanity. And the ability that I can be here recording this with you, I've got another Zoom, I'm meeting with my clients, and then I'm off to run club for my kids, and dinner's already done, is a massive weight off of my mind. And I think we underestimate that sometimes. Like, what can we take off of our mental load? It really can make the difference for you. Oh, absolutely. And sometimes it's as simple as like, I'll tell my husband, okay, on these two nights, like, I need you to cook dinner. You pick it. You make sure we have the food. I'm not doing it. And that is helpful too. Like, even if you're like, oh, I I don't have time to meal prep for the whole week, but I can get these two meals off my plate. Great. Like, communicate the need, set the boundary, execute it, all will be well. 
Okay, so this has been such a treat. I know everybody is going to want to take that quiz of yours, follow you on Instagram. Where can they do all of that? Yes. So the best place to find me is Instagram. So Amanda and I are connected. If you search Alexis and her followers, you will find me there. But it's Alexis T. Greco, G-R-E-C-O. And then my quiz is there. You can learn about the way that I work with clients as well. And also, if you haven't picked up on already, I'm a real human who wears yoga pants just like you do. So you can send me a DM and I'd be glad to talk with you there and either answer any questions about what I do and see if you would be a good fit for the way that I work with clients because I don't work with everyone because not everyone is in that position and they're ready to scale. And so if you're on the fence like, am I ready? Am I not? That quiz is a great place to start or you can just send me a DM and we'll just have a conversation around it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you. Thank you so much, Amanda. You just finished another episode of the Millennial Mom Movement Podcast. And because I know you're a mover and shaker, here's your action item. Snap a screenshot of this episode, share it over on Instagram, and tag me at Amanda Rush Holmes. Each week, I'll pick one person and send you a Starbucks gift card on me as my way of saying, hey, thanks for hanging out with me on the regular and being a part of this incredible movement. See you next week.